0: Well, hello. Y'all doing okay? Are you sure? I heard that car ride coming in. That's always fun from the house, isn't it? You know, some people ask me, how are you doing, Mark? And, some, and I, sometimes I just want to quote Norm from Cheers. Well, it's a dog-eat-dog world, and I'm wearing milk bone underwear. I mean, that's just sometimes how you feel. So just to be honest with you, let's be real, okay? Uh, My name is Mark Long. I'm not Bob Flayhart. He's so much more eloquent than I am. Uh, I'm the redneck of the group, and uh, the pastor's here. Um, I am the pastor to families of youth, and it is a joy to do that work. I love it. I did youth ministry for a long time and um, wondered what God would have me do after, you know, that's supposed to end um, and then he led me to that position, and so I love it. I work mainly with junior high and senior high parents. So if you have a, you're a parent, you have a junior high or senior high kid, uh, I'm here for you. I mean that. Uh, you just don't understand how much I'm here for you. Uh, Francis and I reared five children. Um, we did pretty good. I mean, we <laughs> you know, I, I'm the type that can tell you don't do that. That's what you don't want to do. I can tell you more of that. But we love what God's called us to do, and I love being part of Oak Mountain Presbyterian Church and being here with you. Um, you know, Bob is correct. When you preach through a book of the Bible, you get to go verse by verse by verse, and that is so freeing for a speaker. And then when you get asked to, to um, preach or teach, um, we have to select something. And so usually what happens uh, for those of us is we... We're spending time with God in in, in various ways and forms. I've been spending a lot of time in the book of Galatians, and I thought, oh, I wonder if this is going to come from here, and sure enough, God laid something on my heart uh, from the book of Galatians. Now, we're going to be, believe it or not, in the time we've given, um, and by the way, I heard I have a little extra time from last week, so (laughs) I'm just going to add that on. I only have eight points. I'm just kidding. I have four points. Um, for us this morning, and they're going to be found in the book of Galatians. Now, most of us understand the book of Galatians is a a book written by Paul about freedom in Christ, Uh, just just the freedoms that God um, gives us through his son, Jesus, and the relationship that we have with him. Now, Paul also has to address certain things in Galatia. Because what was happening is that they were, the, the church was being formed, Bible studies were happening, and things were going very well. And then things started sliding in, different, different ideas about this salvation thing. Uh, there was a group called the Judaizers who decided that, yes, it is Jesus, but it's Jesus and. And they've decided that it was Jesus and circumcision, a work, if I may say, of the flesh, And Paul stood against that and said that salvation is alone in Jesus Christ. You don't add anything to it. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. But there were those in Galatia that literally would scream and say that Paul's doctrine of grace is dangerous. It's kind of like what you hear from here at Oak Mountain sometimes. Oak Mountain is dangerous. The Judaizers cried that because they believe that it replaces the law with license. And then there are groups in our day and age, not just the first century Judaizers, but there are those who are afraid to depend solely on grace because for some reason they think we're going to leave the law out. Legalists in our churches today warn that we dare not teach people about the liberty we have in Christ in fear of rebellion. But I'm here to tell you that is one of the last things that happens to those who follow Jesus Christ. That, that have been saved through his blood. His death and his resurrection does not lead me to rebellion. It should not lead you to rebellion. It leads me to a deeper connection. The Christian who lives by faith is not going to become a rebel. We already are. What we're being taught through our relationship with Jesus Christ is this not being rebe- re- rebellion, in rebellion. No man can come become a rebel who depends on God's grace and keeps in step with the Spirit. Now, as we look in Galatians 3, 4, and 5, we're not going to read them all, Um, But at the end of five, there's a verse there that we're going to concentrate on. I'll get to that in a few minutes. But in that verse, there's a phrase that's there. And it says, in step with the spirit. And as I was doing my study, you know, the best thing, and by the way, if you you get time, read the whole book of Galatians in one setting. It'll blow your mind. It is so good. And it reads so well. But we read in Galatians 2.14 that Paul describes a situation he had with Peter. Peter, the great disciple of Jesus Christ, and we all know him. We've read about him. But Paul had to oppose him one time. And he opposed him because Peter's belief system, his orthodoxy, was not in step with his orthopraxy, his practices. And Paul had to rebuke him because he, he, he would watch Peter and Peter would say these things. But then in a group, mainly Judaizers, would come by, Peter changed. And Paul had to rebuke him. Basically what he was saying was, Peter, you're a hypocrite. But, but Paul did not rebuke Peter for his, um, his beliefs. He rebuked him for his actions. And there's a difference. And Paul had to do that. We, at times, fall in the same thing. We fall into this hypocritical thing that the world sees first and foremost with Christians. So what do we do? Well, we'll read here in a few minutes that we have to move toward a similar state in our lives. And we have to stay in step with the Spirit. Now, before we get to that, um, have you ever wondered why would the military they march everywhere? <laughs> my dad was in the Navy, so I wasn't born when he went through boot camp, and so, but I understand it's the same thing for all the military. They march everywhere. My son Hayden, uh, upon graduating from high school, joined the Marines. And one of the proudest moments of my life was to go see him graduate. And so we get there, Paris Island, and, and um, you know, we're just waiting to see him. And so we were told, you won't see him at first because he's going to be on a five-mile fun run. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fun. But sure enough, he comes running by, and they're all in step with each other. How are, they, how are they doing that? So after the fun run was over, we go to this thing, a big hangar, and all the families are sitting in sections so you can see your marine. We're sitting there, and then the commandant or, or the commander talks to us, and you know, just kind of pep rally little thing, you know, gets us going, and and then you start hearing things out in the parade grounds, and and um, and when the when the commander gets done, the lights go down, and then these huge hangar doors open, and you hear them coming. And it's all the Marines that are graduating. They're coming from the left, the right, in front of us. I mean, they're just coming in. And it's unbelievable how they are in step with each other. If you were to shut your eyes, you would think it was just one or two big boots. You know, they just stepped, stepped, stepped. And then they came into this building. and I mean, it it just was very intimidating, actually. And then they turn and look at their families. They're not smiling because, you know, like us at a football game, waving at everybody. You know, they're just just Marines. And I'm sitting there going, what's the big deal about all this marching? They march everywhere, march to go eat, march march to to do whatever they're going to do. And then it hit me. They march so that they can stay in step with each other. Because when they're in battle, they've got to stay in step with one another. They've got to look to their right, they've got to look to their left, and they'll be in step with each other. And for us as Christians, we are now being called to stay in step with the Spirit of God so that when we go out these doors, we're going into battle. And we can do church really good right here, right now, can't we? We can sing these wonderful songs. They're awesome. We can be energized. We walk out the door and something happens. We instantly, for most of us, not all of us, start losing our steps. Because there's so many things screaming at us. Well, let's read parts of Galatians, as we look into this study very quickly. So if you'll please stand, turn your book, your Bibles to Galatians, chapter. Uh, three, and we're just going to be reading a few verses, um, but we're going to hit land on the main one. Galatians chapter three. Hear, hear the word of God. And if you are Christ's, then you are of Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs to the promise. Down to four, three. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. And then down to chapter 5, verse 1. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Now down to 25, the verse we'll be looking at. If we live by the Spirit... Let us also keep in step with the Spirit. This is God's Word. He saved it for us today so that we could hear it at this very moment. Let's pray. Father, as we come together, we want to hear from you. I I don't have words that can change hearts, but you do. Use your Word. Allow the words to jump off the pages and into our very lives. Unplug our ears. Take the scales off our eyes so we can see you more clearly. And we will leave this place changed because of you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. I have to confess that when I approached that verse, I literally said out loud in my office, how in the world do we do that? How do we keep in step with the Spirit? I mean, we've heard all these things. We read Galatians chapter 5, and we, don't we, love lists. Oh, Paul gives us some great lists here. And the first one, that one's not that fun. Let's go to the second list. And so, oh, the second list, the fruit of the Spirit, that's a good list. But how does that apply to our lives? How do we get to where Paul says, "If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep and step with the Spirit." Paul, how? Well, you got to back up. You got to do exactly what we just did and read all those verses. So I'm here to share with you four things very quickly. The first one I I want you to think about is to remember the promise of the Spirit. If we're to keep in step with the Spirit, we must first remember the promise of the Spirit. Chapter 3, verse 29, And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. The promise of what? Chapter 4, verse 3 tells us quickly what that promise is. The promise of spiritual paternity, adoption, and I have to confess to you that is the thing I struggle the most with and but I will tell you right now i 'm so glad that I get to follow that video about the gospel waltz because it was through that retreat and i 'm not trying to do a hard sell here, but i 'm just telling you it changed my thinking because for me, adoption was just a cute thing, oh. I've been adopted. Yay. And God goes, no. You are a foreigner. You are an alien to me. And I came after you. And I adopted you. And it's based on the promise that God made to his children a long time ago. And if you know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you know that promise. You understand that promise that you are now adopted into his family. Let's read that again. Verse 3 of chapter 4. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. Remember the promise of God that he has adopted us. He promised to do it, and then he did it. And with that adoption, he gives us freedom, great freedom. Chapter 5, verse 1, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Free from what? Free from the guilt of sin because He has experienced, we have experienced God's forgiveness. Free from the penalty of sin because Christ died for us on the cross. Free from the power of sin in our daily lives. Free from the law with its demands and its threats. So if I'm free with this, why do I go back? Why are people telling me, add to the salvation of Jesus Christ? It's Jesus and something. No, it's not. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. No work of the flesh. To keep in step with the Spirit, we are to think and act like free men and free women based on our adoption. Please take time to study that word in Scripture. There's a great author, J.I. J. Packer, who said, you want to understand someone's understanding of their salvation, ask them about their adoption. I confess I failed there but not anymore. I'm coming to a deeper, deeper understanding of what it means to be adopted by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Paul emphasized this crucial role played by the Holy Spirit in the Christian's life. To to stay in step with the Spirit, we must remember. It's easy to forget, isn't it? You know, I'm getting older. I know I look young, but I'm really getting older. And I forget so many things. But I pray I will never forget that I'm an adopted son. Jesus is my hope of righteousness. To stay in step with the Spirit, we must remember the promise. So that when you walk out these doors and you fall into that fleshy thing again, Stop and remember who you are. And hopefully by the time you start practicing that more and more, that reaction will not be the flesh, but it will look more like Jesus because you're adopted. So to keep in step with the Spirit, we must remember the promise of the Spirit. Second, we must listen for the call of the Spirit. Now, this little section right here is one of my favorites that Paul has written. I know you're not supposed to play favorites, but I like this because it is just so Paul listen just let me read it again okay you were running well who hindered you from obeying the truth this persuasion is not from him who calls you a little leaven leavens the whole lump I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty whoever he is but if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? In the case of the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. Play on words there. For you are called to freedom, brothers. Don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you're not consumed by one another. Listening to the call of the Spirit, the, the Spirit is constantly, you know, listen to this. He is constantly calling out to us. Why? Because he's inside us. The promise Messiah brought Salvation, and and, and it's the Spirit of God that's quickening it inside of us. So He's constantly calling. And He's doing it in ways that we really can hear. The call is like before a call to freedom freedom from something different, though, this time freedom from the slavery of the flesh. What the Spirit of God has done inside of our lives is, as the old preacher used to say, he has changed our want to. We used to want to desire the flesh. And you can look at that list. It's a big one. It's juicy. It's got all kinds of things in there. But we really don't want that anymore. That's not from me. That's from the Spirit of the living God living inside of me. And so he's, he's changing I want to. Now, are there moments when I want to? Uh-huh, you cut me off in traffic. You see what happens. I'm, not, I'm so glad I don't have that little Christian fish on the back of my truck. But I'm, I'm getting better. <laughs> I got better. I'm getting better at not that reaction because of the reaction of the flesh. I'm, I'm now called to let that go to move away from that i'm not a slave to the flesh the spirit has called me and he's called you by and into grace you know the thing that people are scared of get too much grace lead to rebellion one word for that (laughs) i don't believe that that is just not true do some people do that Yet I'm just wondering, and I'm not judging, but I'm just wondering, is that from the Spirit of God? No. The Spirit of God calls us by grace. The problem is, like Greg shared with us in his prayer, there are other voices calling us over and over and over again, calling us. Wanting our ear is what it would say. Why? Because they want us to be like them. True freedom shows itself in a different way though. Based on the power of the Holy Spirit, it's demonstrated through love to God and love for others. i got to confess, if I'm struggling in the flesh some of the times, the way I can break in my life is to think of others. To love others, as the scripture would say. We're, we're to keep in step with the Holy Spirit, we must listen to the call of God. And you know what that is. You know, it's, some people want to depict it as, you know, a devil over here and an angel over here. That's not it, it's what's inside of you encouraging you. It's definitely not our old flesh that's wanting you to read your Bible. Matter of fact, your flesh wants you to see that it's the most boring thing in the world to do. Why do we fall asleep reading God's Word? Excuse me. Why do I fall asleep reading God's Word? My flesh doesn't want to hear that. My flesh doesn't want me to walk in here and worship with you. My flesh definitely want, did not want me to stand up here and, 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 and preach by wednesday i was ready to just chunk this whole thing and start all over again and just go no don't do it then then i'd really been in a mess we forsake that flesh and we stay in step with the spirit of god by listening to his call third to keep in step with the spirit we must walk by the spirit Now, as you read that, this is something that's very familiar to us. But I want to put it in just a little different context maybe for you. This this verb means to keep on walking. Just keep on walking. Are you hearing me? Keep on walking like the Marines and marching. Keep on marching. Keep on doing the things you've been trained to do. Keep on remembering the promise of God. Keep on remembering what God is showing you because he loves us. When that voice inside of you is calling, keep on listening. Listen more and more and more. Walk. It's a habitual like conduct. You know, when you're walking like that, that's what it means to just, it's a rule of action that God is calling us to do. As believers, we walk in life where to pray without ceasing. Have you ever tried that, by the way? Pray without ceasing. That means, do you have an attitude of prayer? Can you instantly go to prayer? Well, I can't do that because people are watching me. I can't do that because I'm in a restaurant. I love praying in restaurants, by the way. I just really do. I pray about everything. I pray about putting gas in my car. I really do. I'm so thankful. Thank you, God, for allowing me to put, up, put gas in my car. I'm just thankful. We should have an attitude of prayer. Why? Because we're, trying, we're called to keep in, the, keep in step with the Spirit. That's why Bible study, discipleship, worship, singing is so important to us. Do you know what it looks like for the unbeliever? It looks foolish. We can go to concerts and sing along with our favorite artists, but come to church, and what are you guys doing singing? That music's kind of loud. Because I need it. You need it. We need it with each other. Why? Because we're broken vessels, and we want to be filled with the Spirit. We want to walk in the Spirit, but we're broken vessels. Well, how can we be filled if we're broken? Because just imagine in, in your mind a cup. And that cup is a beautiful cup. It's new. But there's a little crack in it because of our sinful nature. So we take it to this bucket and we dip it in there like my grandma's house. And we go to get a drink and it's just spilling out. How how can I keep this cup full when it keeps on spilling out? What you do is you take the cup and you put it in the bottom of the bucket. And nothing spills out. It's immersed in that. What's wrong, Christian, with immersing yourself with the things of Christ? If you think this one hour and a half is going to do it for you for the rest of your week, your cup's going to empty. You'll walk out these doors, and before you know it, things are back to where they were, and you're in that fight, you're in that struggle. We're called to keep in spirit with the God by walking by the spirit, the spirit declares us justified and progresses us in our sanctification, not the law, not circumcision, not anything else. The works of the flesh are evident and you can read those in verse 19. Lastly, to keep in step with the spirit, we must demonstrate the fruit of the spirit. Now, this is the one everybody kind of perks up on. Ah, get into that good list. I know that list. I'm not good at that list, but I know that list. That's not why it's there. It's not there so you can check it off. It's not there for that. This fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. The word fruit is singular. It means they're all united The fruit of the Spirit. You know what we're describing here? Can I just challenge you to think about this? We are now being challenged to demonstrate the heart of God. This is His fruit, not not our fruit. This is the fruit of the living God. This is His heart that He's saying, if you remember the promise, if you'll listen to my call, if you'll walk and keep on walking. Fruit, my fruit is going to pop out. It doesn't work like this. Oh, I need patience. Boing. No, it didn't work that way. It doesn't. As a matter of fact, you know what's going to happen if you leave today and pray for patience. Pray, just pray. Just please pray for patience. We live off 119, or if you live on my subdivision, Sunny Meadows in the Meadow Group. you know how many stop signs there are in that, in that road? you know how many cars are going to be in front of you? And you're just going, (laughs) why is that guy stopping at the stop sign? Oh, by the way, that's me. I just figured one of us should stop at the stop sign. If we pray for patience, are you surprised that God goes, here's a stop sign. Oh, Oh, here's another stop sign. Oh, your kids are yelling in the back seat. They're hungry. I prayed for patience. I've given it to you. Are you walking in it? Are we demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit of the living God? See, I am convinced. I'm not saying I do this very well, but I am convinced that as we remember, we listen, we walk, this fruit will be born in us. It's His fruit. And I'm, and if you watch me, you're going, "Well, Mark's not a real patient guy." You are so right. He's kind of an angry guy. Oh, you're so right. But I remember also I'm an adopted son, and the Spirit of God is working in me just like He's working in you, and He's calling us to stay in step with Him, stay in step with the Spirit. This fruit. Is simply the life of Christ lived out in us. As we follow him, as we immerse our cup in that bucket, fruit is gonna be born. It may not look like the way you want. It may not be that bright, shiny apple. I got this apple tree in my backyard and it's got some of the ugliest apples you've ever, ever seen. They're still apples, it's still fruit. To close, I just want to say this with you, if I may. To keep in step with the Spirit, we must live by the Spirit. Well, what that means is we have to apply all those things we just talked about, those first four things, it's where we apply those things. That's how we stay in step. We live by the Spirit. And I'm not I know I've not gone into great detail. I'm I'm hoping the Spirit of God will show you those things. But if you remember those four concepts. You'll live by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that's at work in our lives. He's the one that brought regeneration to us. And that is a divine enablement that God has done and is doing in our lives. One of my favorite movies is Gladiator. Uh, It's been one of my verses for a long time. And in, in the opening scene of Gladiator, and by the way, I'm not in, encouraging any real small children to watch this movie because it's tough. But the opening scene is there's a battle going on with the armies in German, Germany. And the, the, the soldiers are there, and Maximus is there. He's trying to encourage them. He's riding on his horse, and he, he starts looking at them and gives them this very inspiring story. Then he turns toward the battle. And all his army on horseback are now following him. Just imagine that. He's not in the back in a chariot somewhere. He's at the front line. And these are the words he's saying. Hold the line. Hold the line. Stay with me. Stay with me. And they are riding as fast as they can to the battle. Maximus knew if they would just stay with him and hold the line, that they would have victory. Matter of fact, he yells, Victory for Rome. To keep in step with the Spirit, we must live by the Spirit. And that's exactly what it means to live by the Spirit. Stay in line, stay there. There'll be things coming at you, stay there. If we live in the Spirit that relates to principle, let us, that relates to the application. Stay with the spirit. Our communion this morning is a great way to stay in the spirit and stay in step with the spirit. And as we partake of the communion, it's one of the ways that we truly put this in application to our lives. As you know, the communion table represents the broken body and the blood of Jesus Christ. I want to remind you of a couple other things. This is God's view of the cross. Where his son, whom he placed on that cross, nailed to the cross, bled, had his side pierced, and died. Now we know he's not on that cross. It's victory right there. But this is a representation of that. A couple of things I want you to think about. As you prepare your hearts, prepare yourself for this table. Again, it's a a way to stay in step with the spirit partaking of this table. This is not Oak Mountain's table. This is God's table. And if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you are welcome to this table. You might say, well, Mark, it's been a hard week. You don't know what was said on the car right over here. Yes, I do. Prepare your heart for this. You are exactly the one who needs to partake of this. Because this table is Jesus' table. And he's beckoning you to come. Partake of him. But I do want to warn you. If you don't know Jesus, observe. Watch. We're going to partake of his body and his blood. Now, we do not believe in transubstantiation. We believe Jesus' body is here spiritually, not physically. Just like we've been talking about the Spirit of God, this is how we partake, spiritually. So let's pray, and you take time to prepare your heart as I pray, and we will partake. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, as we come to your table, we really do want to feed off of you because we need your food. And while we understand that you are not here physically, you are here spiritually, and you've told your followers to worship you in spirit and in truth, and you're calling us now to keep in step with that spirit. This is one of those things. This is one of the ways we can keep in step. Would you be kind to bless this bread, this juice from its ordinary means and use it to feed us spiritually? Father, we thank you for your son. We thank you that he was on that cross. We're also thankful that he's not anymore. May he be alive in us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name.